things off on episode 142 of the Brian Oak Show with a little cinematic soul from the New York band Ikebe Shakedown. Um, you know, working at a record store is very interesting in that all this stuff comes through and you're like, what the hell is this garbage? But then every once in a while, you find a bunch of stuff that comes through that's pretty spectacular. And there is a record label called Coal Mine Records, C-O-L-E-M-I-N-E, that does all this sort of new neo-soul. A lot of it very white, but not all of it. Um, but that band right there, terribly white, but also really cool. Like, it sounds like somewhere between Ennio Morricone Italian film soundtracks and incidental music in 70s cop dramas was that a drum machine no 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 that really? was a real drummer absolutely it sounded like a drum machine not with a k-bay shakedown okay all right don't all right. judge my name is brian oak it is the brian oak show episode 142 that is sean bernard sean how are you i am doing well are you vaccinated yet no damn it okay uh how was your trip i know that you and the boy went off to strike it rich and famous in the baseball world how'd that go yeah my son got uh was fortunate enough to get recruited to go play for a team called the college scout monarch so a junior college coach and another coach uh asked him to play and he played in seven games and kind of went off and had a blast and played really well i thought he'd be super rusty because we can't see live pitching you know for five months here so but he he loved it great guys on the team they weren't jackasses i was kind of thinking we might have one of those situations where they'd be a bunch of elitist fucks on the team, but right. uh, they were they were nice young men, and they exchanged uh, Insta accounts and all that shit, and you know it was good. So really, really fun. And then my wife came down, and uh, that was a good too. We stayed at uh, no, no, not even when we dropped him off. Uh, so anyway, yeah, anyway, was, yeah, yeah. So it was good, and we made a little <laughs> we made a little switch in the hotel. Uh, my wife didn't like the particular hotel, so we made a switch to a different place for her and she loved that so it was good the story is evolving in interesting and potentially terrible ways um i'm gonna ask you a question that is sort of tangentially related is your wife like my wife in that she's never listened to an entire episode of this podcast absolutely that's why i can say whatever I okay that's what i thought yeah no i was on air in town in minneapolis and she's like yeah, I just can't do it. I'm just not a big fan of radio. I'm like, you yeah, this is how we make our living. Yeah, right? no, my um, I did afternoons at Cities 97 for 11 years and literally almost every day. Uh, my dear friend and colleague, Brian Turner, known as BT, colloquially, uh, she would come home and she'd be like, oh, my God, did you hear BT this morning? I'm like, oh, that's really offensive. You know that I was on this afternoon, right? I mean, yeah, also yeah, and, I, I, I and not only charming, but dazzling <laughs> at the same time. Uh, yeah, no, none of that stuff. So. Don't have to worry about anything we say about our wives on the show, which is wonderful. Hey, speaking of, um, one of my favorite work wives of all time, one of my favorite people on the planet, uh, she's very, very talented. She's on the radio every morning as well. Did you hear what Jill Riley said this morning? I did. Yeah. Shocking. Challenging. Really yeah. yeah. Jill Riley is uh, a friend and a colleague and someone who I frankly adore. And she has agreed to come back once again to be on this Sad excuse of a podcast. I don't even know her and I love her. 
Just yeah, from, well, just from radio and just from social media. Oh, let's bring her her microphone She's up right up. now. She's up. I've All right. Okay. Hi, Hi, Jill. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to see you. I figured you need a little star power on your podcast. Oh, Precisely. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very I'll much. Show up anytime. For Any you. wattage I can get on this podcast, <laughs> I could really use. No, you do. You have the juice, and we're going to talk more about that in a second here. Now, you and I worked together very closely for three and a half years. We went out to see lots of live music together. We were in the bunker, as I like to call it, every single morning, hour upon hour upon hour, and then somehow still elected willingly to go spend time outside of work with one another what the fuck i know right and i haven't seen you well i, I come into the record store every now and then you do because i like to buy records mm-hmm. but i haven't been here it was pre-pandy I we mean, couldn't believe that this was a, we, we look back yeah we thought it was like june no because <laughs> like, nope. I, was, I was one of your february females last year remember oh wow. that's right yeah, yeah well fuck we try to keep it all in just into one short month mm-hmm. if that's possible right. yeah the shortest I month mean, of the year we're lucky <laughs> we're lucky you know that's not the way it is around here and certainly not the way it is with you so before we dive into talking about what's been up with you and what the immediate future looks like for all of us i've been on a classic rock kick lately when we worked together you know we together came up with the whole vinyl tap bit, right? Where every morning we get to pull out one of our records. Well, technically, I know it was I called "Drop the Needle" or before yeah, okay. the era of right. I, I in the came up with the name "Vinyl Tap." So well, let's it not Anna get nope. That went for the rhyme. Nope. Hmm. That doesn't interesting. Rhyme, so. I didn't know it was going to be like this, Jill. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the point is that we used to each take turns pulling records out of our stacks. And, you know, we like a lot of different things. Classic country, classic rock, whatever the case may be. Hot newness. Not as much. Um, but I have always had a soft spot in my heart for classic rock. And a little debate came up the other day online about the band Sticks out of Chicago, Illinois. Now, Sticks was an entity for a long time, I believe a full six, maybe seven albums before uh, they lost their original guitar player and Tommy Shaw came in. Now, Tommy Shaw did breathe new life into the band and brought them hits they had never had before and brought them their first multi-platinum record. And it's led people to sort of denigrate or diminish the legacy of one Dennis DeYoung. Now, I will admit, Dennis DeYoung did nosedive that plane right into the dirt. He got with, a little theatrical. With with Paradise Theater, mm. and then in particular with Kilroy was here. Domo. Oh, Domo, Domo. It, I mean, it, it got terrible, right? I mean, it, like, so it, it, it became a cartoon of itself. But back in the early to mid-70s, Dennis DeYoung's theatricality it, it spoke to classic rock it added it was a there was not another band exactly like sticks you could say the queen was up there this wasn't quite the same kind of thing i mean it was theatrical but it was beautiful and so i've been listening to a lot of early sticks lately Excellent. and we're going to hear a little bit right now going back to 1975's equinox this is lorelei on the brian oak show
Nice dancing, you two. Jazz hands, baby. Jazz hands. That's Dennis DeYoung in a nutshell. Sticks with Lorelai on the Brian Oak Show, which is made possible. In fact, we're recording right now in the Smart Start MN studio here in South Minneapolis, near 48th in Chicago. Um, yeah, and it's made possible by Smart Start MN. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? Well, that means when you lose your license due to a DUI or DWI, whichever you prefer, drinking and driving, super stupid move but people continue to do it all the time you will lose your license you will need to get back into your vehicle to resume your regular life smart start is how you do it with an ignition interlock system that's right and the odd thing is when you're really drunk you're not the best decision maker which is great because what the ignition interlock does is if you decide well that was just a one-off i'll be fine this time if i drink and you blow into the ignition interlock your car won't start that's exactly right. Go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show for 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. What would Dennis DeYoung do? That's what I like to ask myself when I leave the house it. every He'd day. sing right to that cop, right to his face. Oh. Right into his face hole. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. That was aggressive. It was real aggressive. Wow. Not recommended, not recommended behavior, by the way. If you get pulled over, don't, don't maybe don't ask yourself what would Dennis DeYoung do. <laughs> don't start blasting out Lorelei right no. into his face because he'll smell the booze right on your breath. Jill Riley, how have you been? Has life been treating you okay over at The Current? Yeah, it's been business as usual for me. Well, as usual, I mean... In oh, the you're year, okay. In the yeah, year, I mean. no, in the year that, since we've talked to you, though, like that place has become a ghost town. Everybody works from home. You still go into the studio, mm-hmm. but super producer Anna, uh, who, by the way, congratulations to her and her husband and on their forthcoming brood that's yeah, happening she's having a baby that's oh, wild i had I no idea until i saw the picture so congratulations but but super producer anna doesn't come in i mean you walk into downtown st paul let's be honest well, already it was a ghost town before even even in, in the good times the before times you'd walk through the skyways and be like where are the people so now it's got to be like uh, omega man like there's nobody down there except for you remember that convenience store in the skyway i've gone over there once in Mm -hmm. the past year and i don't see anyone i see one security guard weird it's like what do you do all i mean like how bored are you you're sitting here in this empty skyway yeah well you know when i say business as usual i mean for me that just means that i've been able to continue to go in but it's really not business as usual because, like you said, super producer Anna, she's working from home. Mm-hmm. I mean, she hasn't set foot in that building maybe once to get her stuff, and that was it. So she's been producing from home in a year. I mean, and so when we would get there together in the mornings, it was always fairly empty anyways. And mm-hmm. about the time we started to get in the home stretch of our show is when people would start to wander in. And a lot of people didn't come in until after our show was over, you know. Yeah. I mean, they would stay late. But, and so now it's... The wave of 830ers is gone now. Yeah. You know, those people are like holding their coffee, looking tired <laughs> at 830. Exactly. No, I don't see them through the window anymore. No, those very people are quiet. gone. So it's very quiet. But you are still doing a show every morning. Mm-hmm. What hours are you on? Uh, Five to ten. Still doing the five to ten. And I mean, this past year, I think we've added a lot of elements to the show because we've been trying to react to everything going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, during the pandemic, we were checking in with all of these musicians doing this phone a friend thing. And I talked to I mean, I remember talking to Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie because he was really early on in the the virtual performances like that wasn't the norm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. he was that's the way he was connecting with fans and. Um, gosh, who else did I talk to? 
uh, Patterson Hood of Drive-By Truckers, and he was living out. He's on the West Coast now, and it was just really interesting. Um, Joey from Colexico, the lead singer of Colexico, I talked to him. He was in, what, Arizona, and mm. I had such a frank conversation with him because I think people were feeling a little more vulnerable because it wasn't just about talking to like, oh, this guy is a famous musician, mm. but it was like, this guy is a regular person like the rest of us trying to figure out what it means to be in a global pandemic. And he was so honest and open. Like, you know, there are some days where you know, just yesterday I had a huge fight with my wife and like he was just so mm-hmm. honest about talking about it. Um, and then it was kind of like, OK, we're getting into this rhythm and. You know, how are we all doing? Are we okay? And then there was the killing of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, well, how are we going to respond to this? And we're trying to talk to as many members of the community as we can. And, you know, it just, it's kind of been like, you know, I was trying to figure out like, okay, how am I going to do this show by myself? Because it's an adjustment. It's mm-hmm. a different way of doing radio. Um, you know, you do radio where you can invite people in to listen and they're a part of it, but they're still, they're still listening in to a group of people I'm on morning shows. I mean, that's generally mm-hmm. how it is. Mm-hmm. And then to kind of relearn how to have that conversation with the person listening. Like, and I hadn't done that in a long time. So it was just interesting. I never really got to settle in before like the shit was hitting the fan left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel good now. And I just, I, I've had, you know, uh, opportunities to talk to people that I probably wouldn't have before one, because they would be on tour and they were only going to come through for a promotional thing. Um, but I, I'm so over zoom. I'm yes. over it. I'm yes. over it. But there has been, there have been some great moments where I'm talking to like Mike Doty on zoom and his dog is barking. I'm like, get your dog over here. What's your dog's name? You know, right. it's it's like, he's like, well, this is lunchy. I'm like, okay, great. Let's talk about lunchy. I mean, there's just, there yeah. are these really cool moments where you get into someone's home and I think they're a little more, maybe they're, they just feel like more comfortable and they're able to be a little more open. Those are the best interviews, in my opinion, when it's not just about what they're doing for their career, that yeah. you get to that next level of, of what's, tell me about your life. Like what, Yeah, you're you not know. on a tour cycle right now. Exactly. You don't have a record. Let's just talk about how you're yeah. feeling about all of this. And I didn't always know how to talk about feelings, so <laughs> it was kind of a good exercise <laughs> for me just to be able to ask somebody and really listen, like, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And I've learned that that question can open up I mean, I talk, I think a highlight from the year is I, I was talking to uh, Bernard Sumner yep. of New Order, Joy Division. There, mm-hmm. And um, by the way, there was a great podcast. Did you guys listen to that? No, I don't know. It was a Joy know. Division New Order podcast oh, wow. that got made. And, and all the members got, you know, well, except for one, right. um, got interviewed <laughs> about it, right? Right. Um, but it's really good. I don't remember the exact name of it, but you can look it up. It's yeah. out there. I think it's, and even if you think you like know everything about Joy Division and New Order, I really enjoyed it. But anyway. I'll bet those people know more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They were actually part of it. Um, but I just asked him, like, this was something that I was trying to work on. Like, OK, well, I'm going to just work on being an interviewer while I have all these opportunities to talk to people. And I just said, like, how are you? And his answer is like, well, I'm doing better. I, I'm getting over having COVID-19. And he hadn't talked about that to anyone wow. because probably people just didn't ask, like, just how are you? Right. You know? So, I don't know. Can we wait any longer in this show to ask you how the interview went with the big double E? Emilio Estevez? We're saving that towards okay. the end. We're saving I, that for the surprised. end, guy. I'm a little surprised we're because waiting Because that's, that. that's the juice. All right. I'm still All right. that's, loading. That's the, yeah, no, I'm kidding. Kidding. no, we'll talk about Emilio Estevez coming up in just a little bit here. Uh, by the way, that podcast is called Transmissions. Yes, that's the one. Thank the you. The definitive story of the uh, official Joy Division New Order podcast where it's told by the to members. It. Yes. 
I absolutely really will. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't want to bury the lead. Am I to understand that Mike Doty's dog is named Lunchy? Lunchy. Lunchy. Yes. Is that short for something? Lunchroom. I have no idea. <laughs> Lunchy. But it was great. And there was one point, there was one point in the interview where somebody was knocking at his door. Yeah. And I'm like, just go get your door. Yeah, that's like, life. Go yeah. get your door. And it was his neighbor. And she's like, I think my cat's under your shed in the backyard. He's like, oh, yeah, go, go on through. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, I mean, it, that's what it's been. It's been like, it's just been a lot of connecting, you know, mm-hmm. whether we're t- connecting with people that we interact with, well, in our everyday lives, which is a very small group of people mm-hmm. right. for me now, probably for the both of you as well. Mm-hmm. But then just connecting with musicians on a more human level than kind of a surfacey level where, you know, I'm plugging my stuff I'm, yeah. and I'm supposed to be excited about helping you do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what I do for a living. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah but let yeah. me ask you this then. Like, so, I mean, obviously in the last year, part of public broadcasting and I was there for a lot of them and I seem to enjoy them more than just about anybody else there did pledge drives. But those were always sort of manic and crazy and very people intensive. Is that all happen? Does that all happen remotely now? Does it still happen? Yeah. The member drives are happening. Um, you know, like I said, Anna is working from home, but right. we have mm-hmm. a pretty slick system. I mean, yeah. we have about three different avenues in which we communicate, which seems like chaotic, but for us, it really works. Um, so, well, I mean, what was that little one in the corner of the computer that I ignored and never Slack. bothered to sign up for? Slack. Yes. That was I've the become one. a Slack user. <laughs> have you? Yeah. Yeah. I have to. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I have to. I just have to. She's not in the room anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, we use an app called Marco Polo. Have you guys ever used that? No. It's like texting, but with little videos. But if you already have Slack, why do you need... Oh, because videos. Yeah. Well, and there are some conversations we need to take offline. Ah, you they're know not I mean? part yes. of the company purview. Yeah. Now, that You're I like, definitely know about. I just poloed you. Yeah, no. We need we... to work this out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you and I sitting in that room having lots of conversations where we're like, we're sure the microphones are off? Yeah, and at one point, I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I know, I know. But there, there are certain things that are just, uh, you know... They need to be taken offline, as mm-hmm. you said. Her name is Jill Riley. His name is Sean Bernard. Before we go any further, I want to hear another song because okay. I don't like to go too far without hearing a song. So this artist, uh, which I expect from someone who's on the cutting edge, the the bleeding edge, like Jill Riley, uh, to bring me an artist that I've never heard of before. I don't know who this person is. I just found out yesterday morning. Okay, I, so you're just finding out as well. Uh-huh. So I go through cycles. I mean, there are times where I'm like, I don't like anything new. <laughs> and then I go through these cycles where I'm like, oh, I lo-, there are like six songs yeah. that I absolutely love. And I just, I have, I've been like that. And, or it takes me a while to get to know an artist or I have to listen to a song a bunch of times before I really start to love it. Um, but, okay, so this, are, how familiar are you guys with the rock scene in Israel? Ooh. Not I'm, I'm going to say not <laughs> as surprising, okay. not as familiar as you might think. I mean, I've heard of one or two <laughs> artists from Israel ever. Um, no, I've never. I mean, for I got me, nothing. I'm like, I got nothing. I don't. I don't know anything about that because I'm like, oh, the indie scene. There's an indie scene. Okay, an indie rock scene in Israel. Hmm. And so, because I saw this name, and I'm, I'm like, okay, Tamar Afek. I think I'm saying it. I think Afek. It's A P H E K. So if I'm not saying it correctly, that's just how new I am. Time Out Tel Aviv says Tamar Afek is one of the prominent faces of contemporary rock in the Israeli rock scene well, and has been crowned Israeli's guitar goddess. Yes. Wow. I, they would know. Okay. I saw something else where I think if 
if you're in Al, you know, Allison Mossart of the kills and the dead weather. Mm, right. I mean, she's got an edge to her. Like, oh, yeah. She's she's somebody else I got to check in with in the last year. And it was great because really? we, were wear, we were wearing the same outfit. What? It's so great. And I consider her a total style icon. Right. But I looked I looked at her on the Zoom and she looked at me and we both had the same flannel on. So, and I was like, "This is have you awesome. advanced your game, or has she relented on her game?" She's relented because okay. she's been spending a lot of time at home. I'm kind of—I I was in the flannel thing for a while. Yeah, I'm yeah. like full ash, athleisure. Yeah, yeah. kind of what my pandy, um, kind of outfitting has been. Pandy, the pandy. Have you gotten your stimmy? No, neither have I. No, and I'm not one of well, the three. Well, I asked my husband. I'm like, "Did we get it?" And he's like, "No." I'm like. Did we get it? <laughs> well, me, anyway, anyway, so okay. uh, Allison Mosshart. Yeah. I, I just saw something. It was like Tamar Athek makes Allison Mosshart look like sweet and kind hmm. or something. It was like wow. it was that kind of comparison. And so I don't because I consider like Allison Mosshart to me is like a total you know rock goddess. I think mm. she just Completely. embodies this Even amazing rock and roll cool. Early on, I mean, she was in this punk rock band called Discount, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, like she she is cool, and now she plays with Jack White. Yeah. And in... She's in Nashville. I, yeah. I, yeah. So, no, I mean, she's as cool it's as incredible. they get. And so they're saying the woman we're about to hear, Tamar Afek, makes her look sweet and kind? Yeah. And I don't know if I believe it yet, but she does. I mean, she has a great... She's got a great voice. Mm-hmm. You know, I love a singer with a real, like, rock deep voice. Mm-hmm. She's a guitar player. She's got two other people in the band. So there's drums, bass, and then it's Tamar Afek. She plays guitar. Um, but there's something kind of like little lo-fi kind of vintage 60s sound hmm. to this and i love 60s bands with yeah. a female lead so yeah. I, th- I think that's why i'm drawn to this so much um but yeah take a listen um and she plays the guitar and she kind of just like goes off on the guitar at the end so i don't know this one is called crossbow brand new artist to me so i hope a lot of people get to know her
okay, that was cool. Like, I, 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 I like something that doesn't sound like anything else I've heard in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it, it is reminiscent of a sound that I really like. You know, that the female-fronted 60s rock music. Mm-hmm. But Tamar Afek. Now, I wish there's something missing from it. Like, do you remember that? Uh, what was that band's name or the woman? Do you remember Dorothy? There's a song called Who Do You Love? And she had this big, booming voice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I remember. remember yeah, liked, yeah. We both we fell in love with it song. hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was something missing from it. Agreed. And it just never, like, kicked in with the, that, hmm. like, right. old kind of warmness. Even though it was huge, it was flat. Yeah, it, it sounded was very, very thin. thin. Yeah, yeah. And, and that always bothered me about the song. Mm-hmm. Even though I liked the song, but I thought, why did they do that? You know, or maybe it sounds different when it's coming out of the radio. I don't know. But all I knew is it didn't sound as good in my headphones. But I, I wish it did have, like, a little more of a... Just a oomph that yeah. kicked in, but I like what she's got going on there. It did sound kind of spacey, and like mm-hmm. maybe there was something in the middle to lower end that could have been filling in there, yeah. but but overall, it was very groovy, and I liked her whispery weirdness. She seems dangerous and way more interesting than I'll ever be. Like, I would never have the guts to sit down and talk with her face-to-face. Yeah, well, it, I mean, would she want to talk to you face-to-face? No. I don't know. No, I'm not Jill Riley. <laughs> okay, let's be honest. That is Jill Riley, and before we talk more with Jill Riley, let's talk with Sean Bernard. Sean, in addition to being producer, co-LLC guy and friend of mine uh you were also a realtor for edina realty and i know that as the weather starts to warm up there are ridiculous numbers of rollerbladers out by the parkway that we are very close by right now um but people getting outside means people start thinking about spring cleaning people start thinking about changes people start thinking frankly about moving you're about to get too busy to do this show aren't you no, but it's going to be busy and it's going to be kind of weird. Uh, it's a weird market because there's no inventory. So if you're thinking about selling, it's a good time to sell right now. It just depends on what, you know, people go, well, if I sell, then I got to find some place to buy. Well, yeah, but there are also people like me. I actually sold my house, cashed out in a good market, and I'm going to wait a little while to, to buy another place. Um, I just decided that would be the right thing to do. Now, for some people, they're like, well, the interest rates are at historical lows, so I'm going to buy even though, you know, the prices are a little bit high. I mean, my first, I don't know about you, Brian, but my first interest rate was like 6.8%. Mine was up there, yeah. Yeah, and so you look at it and you go, well, shit. I mean, a 3% or 2.75 as a client of mine just uh, bought in at, you can get way more house for that. And so it'd be really bad right now if we had no inventory and interest rates were high. They're not. And so I've just said to people, we can take our time with this. I also just went over to a, uh, a listener of the show and I uh, went to see their home, and it's this beautiful house on 35th and Garfield. Tons of character. She had one realtor come in and say, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to fix that. I'm like, no, you don't. This house has so much character and charm. Somebody's going to come in and make it their own. Maybe they'll upgrade the kitchen a little bit. They'll, they'll do this or that, but leave this house as it is, and it will sell, and it'll sell quickly. If you know somebody that's in the market to buy or sell, Six one two eight five nine two five nine four. Remember, something that I'm doing this year is a portion of every sale is going to go to a local musician or artist of your choice, and I'm gonna. That doesn't cost you any money. It's not coming out of you know your side of it. It's literally coming out of my commission. I just want to help local artists uh, in the Minneapolis St. Paul area. Six one two eight five nine two five nine four. Jill Riley, um, so we've all had to find our way to navigate the pandemic for a year. I can't believe it's been a year since you've been on this show. That's mm-hmm. wild. Um, I mean, and what an unusual year to say the very least. But now with everyone getting, have you gotten yourself vaccinated yet? No, I don't qualify yet. Oh, you're too young and fit. 
No. Well, the fit part, no. The, that part, the size of my ass would okay. qualify me, but wow. I'm too young. Just too young. 39 and, and feeling fine, okay? Okay, very good. Yeah. Well, congratulations on being young and pretty while the rest of us age so poorly. Anyway, so you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, but people are getting vaccinated and things are slowly starting to turn but but it's making people anxious right i mean people after a year are champing at the bit they they want to get out they want to do things and for music heads like us we want to go see live music right watching it online is just not the same damn thing getting outdoors to go see it is sounds like an acceptable acceptable option but i mean you and i how many music festivals or dark crowded shows have you and i been to together dozens dozens and, and dozens, dozens and, and dozens. dozens of them right yeah. and we all want that back and I want it to come back, and I can't wait to do it again, but I'm worried that it's moving too quickly. The number of summer festivals and fall festivals that have been confirmed and people are buying tickets to is startling to me because I'm not quite sure we're there yet. I know it's going right. I mean, do you have faith that we're all going to be out by August seeing live music together at a big outdoor show? I don't know. I I'm keeping my expectations really low. So am I. Because I don't want to get excited for it. And then be disappointed. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I pay, I mean, I pay good attention to what the people in the health department are saying. And, right. You know, all those press conferences that happen probably on the daily. And the vaccination, the rates, I mean, we're going to be picking up in the next couple of weeks. Yep. You know, and more and more people are going to be qualified to get their vaccine. But then, you know, just because you're vaccinated, it doesn't mean that we're all going to burn our masks at you know, a mask burning party or whatever. It's we're still going to have to do the social distancing and the masking. It's just if you're vaccinated, hopefully you won't get as sick or die from the thing. Uh-huh. Right? Right, right. So I right. I think things are, it's going to be slow. It's going to be slow. And I think after being in this pandemic for a year, um, it's taken a, a toll on, you know, our our psyche. Uh-huh. You know, even if Somebody told me tomorrow that like, nope, this is all done. It it just it disappeared overnight. I still would be like, well, are we sure? You know, (laughs) and I think that's going to it's going to be a slow process to get back in. But I've seen plenty of music festivals, you know, some this spring just saying we're not going to do it. Like no Coachella. Right. Right. Um, You know, we called off Rock the Garden Uh this summer because the planning has to start so early that we didn't want to take a chance with it so well, it'll that, be next year that's but, why it's surprising yeah. me that so many of them are confirming for mid to late summer to early fall there's one called outside lands golden gate park in san francisco that is coming up in early august tame impala lizzo strokes tyler the creator vampire weekend the 1975 sharon van etten is going to be there croon bin's going to be there it's, it's a massive massive festival and again it's outdoors and what august is a good five months from now but Oh, I, just, I wonder it, it, what it's like to be the just the promoter oh, and just like crossing yes. your fingers like, yeah. oh, we don't know. I mean, because that's a big risk to take. Um, I saw the Hinterland Festival. That's one I've gone to in Iowa. Mm-hmm. They didn't. It was off last year, but they brought back a lot of the same lineup and made some additions. But they're in early August and they're saying, yeah, we're going to go forward. They're going to do you know, less capacity. And I know that they, I mean, they have a social distancing plan in place, but I don't know what that's going to look like. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm like, I don't think I'm ready to go this year. Um, oh, I'm definitely not ready to go. Yeah. I'm just, I'm wondering, will these things go off at all? Like, I mean, coming up much sooner, early June, the first weekend in June is the Primavera Festival in uh, Barcelona. This is one of the biggest international music festivals 
in the entire world. Jesus and Mary Chain are going to be there. Uh, Tame Impala, Massive Attack, Pavement, Iggy Pop, Charlie XCX, DJ Shadow, Jamie XX. And it just goes on and on. Young Thug. I know you guys are both big into Young Thug. Yeah, I have oh, the tattoo. Sure. Yeah. 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 Young I was gra- wondering what was right under your eye. Oh. That's a Young Thug yeah, tattoo. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Face tattoos. <laughs> I accidentally uh, typed in face tattoos uh, the other day into Google, and I heard, uh, I found out a new producer who's covered in face tattoos. His name is, he's a DJ, producer, um, Wi-Fi's Funeral. Mm-hmm. Anyone? No. no. Big Wi-Fi's Funeral guy? Mm-mm. No? No. Part no. of the Israeli rock scene? No, 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 okay. no. no. <laughs> part of the part of the face nice. tattoo scene, okay. which I'm not oh, a fan sure. of. But I mean, Primavera, it's this massive multi-day lineup, dozens of stages, hundreds and hundreds of artists and bands, and they expect that to go off in two months' time. I just don't see it happening. What are things like in Spain right now? I guess I, I don't really know oh. where they are with their numbers or what things are like there. But then you've got these massive festivals. People are coming in from all over the world, yes. right. right? So then you've got you got the outside travelers. And the one other one I wanted to mention, only because I've heard of literally three of the bands that are playing there. Uh, apparently, there's something called Summer Camp in... Chillicote or Chillicote, Illinois. Uh, and this one's coming up at the end of May. So we're literally looking at just over two months away from here. Uh, three days of Umphreys, McGee, and Moe. Ween will be there. Rez will be there. 3-6 Mafia will be there. And so I'm guessing it's a jam band kind of thing. You think? But then also, like, but okay, no, 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 I, I get that part. But then I look underneath. Go ahead, just raise your hand or make a noise if you've heard of any one of these bands. Pigeons playing ping pong. Oh, you know what? I actually have. Uh, Shut up. I've heard the name. Shut up. No, I have seen that name pop up on other festival lineups. and Maybe it was a Bonnaroo or something. What's your favorite song by Pigeons playing ping pong? No, I've never heard their music, but I remember seeing their name on a Bonnaroo lineup and going, really? Lettuce, Jade Cicada. Oh, I do know the record company. Whipped Mm -hmm. Cream. Oh, Yonder Mountain String Band. Okay, now that I look in here, there's a few in there. But Aqueous, Bad Fish. Doom Flamingo, Dopado, <laughs> The Everyone Orchestra, Monophonics, Moody Good, Munjin, The New Deal. And that's, I mean, and that. Is this a high school battle of the bands? No, and that that's, like that's the second biggest font. <laughs> yeah. There there are two other full giant paragraphs of much smaller font, like Float Like a Buffalo, <laughs> Funktastic, oh, sure. Gorilla Theory, Junkyard Samurai. Jules Verne, J U U L S, like the Jewel Smoky oh. thing. Oh, sponsored <sighs> May twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and thirtieth. It is apparently confirmed, and tickets are available to go out to Chillicote, Illinois. And I just, I, I think it's too soon. Even if, even if things are safe, even if things are looking good, showing up with thirty thousand other unwashed hippies. In a field in two months time, it's just, it's too soon. Well, maybe that would make the social distancing easier. Mm. You know, you've got your own kind of, just kind of a layer of funk. Yeah. Just a natural oil, a natural barrier. Not to mention your faith and your protective myrrh beads. Right. Maybe it's a setup for anybody that likes those kind of bands that they want them all to <gasps> perish. Like a roach motel. Oh. <laughs> well, come on. Come on. Like, really? Oh, Jill. Pick a side, Jill. Pick <laughs> yeah, exactly. a freaking side. You don't even know them, Jill. <laughs> all right. We're going to hear another song right now. Uh, you have picked a brand new single from... One of the most interesting and intelligent characters in music, I don't know, in the last 15, 20 years, she's incredible. And she 
defies expectation every single time she steps up to the plate. She is, I don't always love every single thing, but I think that she is fascinating and endlessly challenging not only herself but also the audience that purports to love her because she makes it challenging each time around plus i noticed that you're wearing your yes daddy t-shirt in celebration (laughs) of her (laughs) saint vincent is who we're talking about she's got she's got a new record called daddy's home and i know that we all love that yeah you remember there's a song it's oh it's called daddy's home it's it's an oldie Right. Jenny Will, I can't remember. Yes, Daddy's, Daddy's home, home, or whatever. And and there's just, there's something about that, like nobody is my daddy but my father. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And I actually still call my dad daddy. Mm-hmm. So because I'm the youngest little girl, you know. I yeah. guess you are. Mm-hmm. Thirty nine years old. That's okay. fine. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so she's got Saint Vincent. She's got a new record coming out in May, mm-hmm. and it's called Daddy's Home. And when I heard that, I went, oh, I don't like the title. Yeah. But then I got some backstory on why she called it that. So, okay, so, Sean, you said, like, you don't know them, right? Yes. So I think being that I don't know St. Vincent, I don't know Annie yeah. Clark, I don't know her as a person. Right. I just, I like her as a performer. I like her music. It was the last record, Mass Seduction, which we all called Mass Education by accident for about <laughs> two weeks, yep. which she picked up on that joke and she got yeah. it. And it wasn't even a joke. It was like we didn't know how to read. Well, um, and then she re-released it as Mass as Education. Mass Education, <laughs> exactly. which was perfect. Um, okay, so St. Vincent, even on the last record, she had kind of put her guitar down a little bit mm. more. And it, it took me a little bit to get into it, but I, I really loved the last record. Um, looking forward to this new one. And so this is kind of the thing of you never know what's going on in somebody's personal life. And you kind of look at how much her star has risen in the past decade. And all the while, I think, you know, he got out maybe a year or two ago, but all the while, her dad was doing time in prison. What? Yeah. And so in between making records or being on the road, you know, she would go to visit her dad in prison. Wow. Do, and we, then, do we know why he was incarcerated? It uh, Some kind of, she called it like some kind of, she said, oh, I'm not going to get it right. So I'll kind of paraphrase, but like some kind of bull crap, white collar okay. crime or something. Right, right, right. I wanted to know. I wanted to be like, well, what was he in for? Right. Because well, yeah. I want to know people's business, just like the next person. But um, yeah. And so I think after he got out, you know, then she was kind of trying to process how she felt about that. Like she said there was a time where she went to go see him in prison and um, she had to go down to like a Walmart up the street because apparently her clothes were too tight. I don't know if she wore one of her stage costumes to go visit, but kind of... she had to go get like some Walmart sweatpants so that she could be let in. I see. To visit her dad during visiting time. But um, yeah, I think it was kind of like processing this whole thing of like her dad was put away and then then he got out. And like, how was she feeling about that? And so that's kind of where the daddy's home a little bit because she's the actually talking from. about her father. Yeah, now we forgive her, right? And, and I, that was a little more forgiving as well. Um, but it's kind of great because you know she's putting the record out, you know, digital, CD, vinyl, special edition vinyl. But she's also doing cassette and she's also doing eight track, which I absolutely love. Nice. And I tried to go pre-order it, but they're all sold out. Nobody, nobody has an eight track. No, I used to have two. I don't have yeah, an operate, no, but you don't operational eight track. Nobody does. It's just a cool thing to have because yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. Cassettes, I could almost get my head around. Yeah. Eight track? Eight track. 
It's just kind of silly. Well, it's, it's a it's, good thing she said Vincent because otherwise yeah. I would be unforgiving. But Annie Clark is kind of as cool as it gets. But I you know like, what? Oh, I, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. but I think she's doing the eight track thing. Kind of fits in with, especially what the the sound of this song is. Mm-hmm. It's got kind of a a sound that you might hear coming it's from an eight track. It's a great song title. Yeah. Tell pay, us. Pay your way in pain. just keeps getting cooler and more interesting and pushing herself further and further and further annie clark right there saint vincent that was cool jill nice point pay your way in pain i like it and then she says pay your way in shame uh-huh I'm like yep okay okay I get it. that no was the first deal. time that i've listened to it with headphones on there's so much happening there is a lot yeah. happening yeah. and there was more that i was picking up on with mm-hmm. the production i love it i just i can't wait to hear the new record 
Wow. Mm-hmm. I just, I like that she is challenging. Like she's just not ever putting out just a little toe tapper, finger snapper. There's always, there's some work involved. And I think that that's a good thing. And a mix of genres too, like an interesting feel with that one. You know, I could almost hear some old Prince and Sheila E. And, oh, you funk know, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it was really cool. I mm-hmm. like that. Also, eight track my ass. Knock it off. <laughs> Knock it off. Okay, Annie Clark, I respect you and I think you're wonderful. Knock it off with the eight track. I thought it was neat. Jill Riley, I think you're neat. Before we, I, I get to what really oh, anybody cares about at all, and that is your interview with your deepest crush of your entire life, one Emilio Estevez. Hmm. What's his name in the Mighty Ducks? Coach Gordon Bombay. Gordon Bombay. Mm hmm. Anyway, uh, I want to thank the good people of AudioQuip for providing us, Nate and his entire crew, providing us with the gear that we have here. I also want to thank all of our Patreon supporters, uh, Smart Start MN. Thank you, Sean. Um, we do have to say one quick thing. Thank you to Nate for coming all the way over here. We apologize for our last episode or so that sounded like we were in a tunnel. It has been fixed. It sounded like we were deep in an aluminum tube somewhere, like possibly in a septic tank, and we, we were, were speaking up. like. Yeah. Is the Brian Oak Show trapped in a well? And yes. in fact, we were. Oh, did you get my complaint? <laughs> I did get your complaint. Thank well, you. I'm just trying to help. I appreciate like, that. I'm not coming on that I'm like, I'll come show. on the podcast, <laughs> but if it's going to sound like shit, I'm not coming. Well, we had someone come in and tune everything <laughs> yes, up. Yes, we did. So, yeah. so because we knew Jill Riley was coming, you know how she gets, I Sean. I know, I know. I saw her rider. <sighs> you know how she gets. One of the things that happens when we are... I think you're a finger tapper. <laughs> What does that mean? Toe tapper. What? No, finger snapper, toe tapper. What are we talking about? You just said finger snapper, toe tapper earlier, and I let it go. Meaning meaning like a song that you can just turn your brain off I and kind of do 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 doodly do 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 doodly do. That's not Annie Clark, is it? Um, As part of what you do for a living, uh, you have the occasion and the responsibility to speak to a wide range of individuals, but not just in the world of music, also in the world of politics, religion, other artistic expressions, even in the world of entertainment. And recently you were afforded the opportunity to interview someone that I have heard you go on about no less than 100 times. Uh, in fact, to the point where I've heard you threaten, who was it, Paula Abdul with bodily harm? <laughs> that was years ago. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't care. There was never an official threat. No way. She was never an official threat to me. I'll okay. tell you that much right anyway, now. Anyway, you have a thing for Emilio Estevez. Is oh, that reasonable? I'm it lightly. I was going a to say. Thing. Okay, look, I'm just trying. I'm trying. How would you describe it? How would you describe your feelings regarding one Emilio Estevez? There are no words. Okay. Soulmates? Can you? <laughs> I don't know. Can you? Pro- I'm drawn to his work. I, <laughs> I respect his craft. Talk about damning a situation with faint praise. <laughs> Unbelievable. You got it bad. You're telling me that Emilio mm-hmm. Estevez could still get it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's an agreement. He's a good looking man. I, I, he's starting no to doubt. look more like his dad, though. I'll tell you that. As he gets older, oh, yeah. he's got the Marty Sheen look to him. Would you say that you have a similar feeling towards his brother, Charlie? Charlie? Oh, Charlie. Charlie, Charlie. I wanted to say, like, like, let's get comfortable and let's get into the conversation. Right. Let's be like, so how's the family? How's old tiger blood doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Best to avoid that topic, I think, altogether. So you recently had a chance to interview. What was the, I mean, because it's not just like, oh, let's just 
randomly call up Emilio. Right. He had something to promote, right? Yeah. What, yeah. And what's he working on? Okay, so Mighty Ducks, huge series. Never saw it. You never saw the Mighty Ducks, Not even once. though it was filmed in Minnesota. I we saw part love of it. our yeah, things in it, Minnesota. But it's about hockey. Yeah, but it's about mm. so much more. Is it? It's about the underdog. Oh, here we go. It's about teamwork. Oh no! It's a redemption story. Here we go. You could use one of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's never too late. That right? is fair. <laughs> let, let me know. And who is Emilio Estevez going to play me? It's too late for no, that. I think Charlie it? Sheen should play oh, you. Oh, there we go. There it is. Martin Sheen should play you at this point. All right. Point. So yeah. there's a new Mighty oh. Ducks movie coming out. Yes. Is that right? Okay. So it's not a movie. It's a series. Oh. So, um, so there were three Mighty Ducks movies. Really? Yep. Wow. So the first one, like Coach Gordon Bombay, he gets into trouble. I don't know if they had Smart Start back then, but he gets a DWI, mm. and then part of the community service is that he has to coach peewee hockey team got it and he doesn't want anything to do with hockey because he's got a bad past with hockey even though he was a player anyway so by the end you know the underdogs they get together they're the mighty ducks so the team it's like they're like a bad news bears except it's hockey exactly with a washed up alcoholic coach exactly so it's literally bad news bears exactly except on skates except hockey okay okay filmed in minnesota and then part two <laughs> then they're like team usa and then part three, Emilio kind of had a, like a little bit of a role, but they had a new hockey coach. Right. Because like really the the star kid, um, Joshua Jackson, he was Pacey in Dawson's Creek. Hmm. Anybody? No. Okay. But he became the focus of the third movie. Do I look like a 30 something year old woman? No. Dawson's Creek. Exactly. Good God. I don't want to wait. Um, <laughs> now, Paula it. Cole, now we're talking. Yeah. Okay. So now they're they're So they're rebooting it. So it's going to be a new generation of kids. And it's going to be a series on Disney Plus. And so we're like, let's put in a press call to Emilio Estevez. Let's see if we can do it. Is and he going to be in it? Yeah. He's back. Oh, he's role. back. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which is a surprise because he's been like, he kind of went off into the indie movie world and kind of disappeared behind the scenes. So time I, to make a real paycheck. Again. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Right. We got to, we got to pay, pay those bills. Well, then I, I, I don't begrudge anybody mm-hmm. pulling a paycheck by any means, but I mean, he has been, he's kind of gone off and done yeah. things that are not in the prime of the spotlight. And you can argue that maybe he's past the prime of his career, but this is something people are going to welcome with open arms, especially oh, yeah. here in the state of hockey. Well, and that the, you know, the films had a cult call, a following. I mean, the, the impact was pretty huge. I mean, they did make a new hockey team in Anaheim called the Mighty Ducks, mm-hmm. which now they're just called the Ducks. I mean, that's like, it was huge when it was huge. No, it was. It was very yeah. popular. And I don't mean to be so dismissive. I've just, I've lived here my whole life and I've never been on a pair of skates. And hockey, it's one of the back and forth sports, right? It's like, it's like basketball. Soccer. Five yeah. people run down this way. Five people run down that way. Five people run down this way. Five people go five. <sighs> Well, you know, my, I mean, hockey was big in my hometown. Oh, yeah, well, all Not over as here. big as the football team, but mm-hmm. still, like, we're in the state of hockey, like you oh, said. No, we absolutely mm-hmm. are. And a lot of people I know really love hockey. I just never caught the bug. So I feel like we're still missing the point of this story. Mm-hmm. So, hooray. The Mighty Duck series is coming back to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> He's doing his thing. Amelia Estevez is going to be there. You, I can only imagine, knowing you as I do, what the days leading up to this interview must have been like for you. Uh, the the lack of sleep, the nausea, the anticipation as to how do I tell him that I can't marry him now because I'm actually married, but just 
bide your time. I'll be available at some point. I mean, how how did you prepare in the days leading up to talking to Emilio Estevez? I felt very peaceful. What the hell? That now see that actually scares me. Uh-huh. Really it scared me. I'll bet it did. That's right before something really big happens. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I felt really peaceful about it because I'm like, well, I know everything there is to know about Emilio Estevez, Mm -hmm. but we're not here to do that. Right. I mean, you get these like very specific instructions from like the big time PR people. Don't ask this. Don't ask that. Don't ask this. You're here. You're talking about Mighty Ducks. Blah blah. I'm like, okay, I got it. And I I only have like eight minutes anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I was just like feeling very peaceful about it. And then the day of. Then I started, like, my heart started yep. beating a little bit harder. Because here it comes. It's happening. With anxiety, with mm-hmm. love, with all the feelings about it. Um, you know, I'm I'm texting my best friend that I grew up <laughs> with. You know, I'm like, it's going to happen. I'm going to talk to him. And she's kind of talking me through. But, okay, so I get on the Zoom call, and they put you in a waiting room with all of these other, I mean, it's like Entertainment Tonight Canada, uh-huh. it's right. Access Hollywood, it's, and then there's like little me, at, you know, it's, it's like public radio little at the you, bottom. Little you, you're Jill fucking Riley. Well, yeah. the other people don't know that. JFR. Well, fuck them. But what I've noticed, I'm noticing just like looking at all these people, I'm like, everyone looks really young. I mean, all of the people that were going to be interviewing him looked really young. They don't know. They don't, they don't know. They don't pay people. They don't know. So I'm like, they don't know like I know. They don't know and like so right. Um, and I was fine, and I just, I just felt. Did like, you get to watch the other interviews as they unfolded, no, or no? You stay in the holding. You pen. get in the holding pen, and all then right, you right. they put you in the room where he is. Got and it. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be fine. And then as the the clock started ticking, I'm like, okay, I don't feel fine. I don't feel fine. And then he came up on the screen, like, okay, um, Jill Riley from NPR, we're gonna move you into uh, the room with Emilio. And I'm like, okay, you've got eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, please keep room. it short. And right. yeah. Yeah, and so... I mean, because people who, for people who don't know how all that stuff yeah. goes down, this is what press junkets are like for mm-hmm. everybody. At this point, Emilio... He was going to do 20 of those that day. Easily, and, mm-hmm. he's, and, and you want to go early, because if he's already on number 15, he's done with this shit. Mm-hmm. Done with it. And I don't want the person that's done with it. I've had yeah. the people that are done with oh, it. I don't yeah, want yeah. that person. Mm-hmm. So he pops up on the screen, and he looked really good. I mean, he his hair looked great. Here we go. His hair looked freshly dyed. <laughs> Mine was freshly dyed. Oh. He oh, so like you've he... gotten done up for this interview, right. have we? Right. I okay. mean, come on. You think this is my natural color? No, and I, I know, I know that. But... Um, so, you know, like, but he looked like he was in shape. Like, he was in, you know, he was like, I'm going to be. I'm Did gonna he have, have the tank top, series. like, in Breakfast Club? Did he have that color? No, no, but we have kind of a similar, like hooded sweatshirt sort of athleisure sort of thing going on. Nice. Got it. Oh, perfect. Um, but What was that word? Athleisure. Athleisure? Yeah. Not athletic, athleisure. Athleisure. I understand. Oh, I got you. it. Okay, thank because you. I don't want to say athletic because that's not true. No, I understand. That's why, that's why I was asking. Um, but anyway, we, <laughs> wait, you know, he, there he is. And it's like, you go because you don't want to waste any time with small talk. Right. And so I'm like, oh, hey, Amelia Westavez, how you doing? I'm Jill. I'm at Minnesota Public Radio. And I'm like... Come on, Mighty Ducks in Minnesota. And right away, he's like, oh, I love Minnesota. I love the Twin Cities. I made four movies there. You know, all the Mighty Ducks. And then in the 80s, there was a movie called That Was Then, This Is Now. And he's like, I got this great memory of, you know, wrapping um, a shoot and sitting on the front steps of the cathedral and and having a drink while I was sitting there just early in the morning. And I'm like, it was great. Like He was just like, I think there's something where getting out of the Hollywood you know, Brat Pack, major movie star thing, 
has made him want a little bit more of a quiet life. He seems to really like the Midwest. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think he lives in Cincinnati now. Wow. And either his mom or dad is from there, but there's some kind of connection. And he just like spoke so warmly of the Midwest. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I had heard there was going to be like a Mighty Ducks reboot, but I never saw any or heard any of like filming in the Twin Cities. You know, and then I saw that it was filmed in Canada. Yep. And he was like, oh, don't even get me going about that because <laughs> yeah. if it would have been up to me, we would have been back in the Twin Cities. Yeah. But like the whole COVID thing, they couldn't mm-hmm. do it. And right. But he seemed like a very, um, you know, we want to hire local crews and we want to film in, you know, in Minnesota yeah. and we want to keep it in this. You know, I was like, wow, OK, that was something I didn't know. But so we had this great conversation and we talked about, you know, him being back in the role and what it was like kind of being off in the indie movie world and all that, you know, and then coming back into playing you know, a, a character that really has a cult following. And um, and I said, like, you've had all these characters with a cult following. Like, to some, to one generation, you're Otto. To one generation, yeah. you're uh, Andrew Clark. To, yeah. Repo right. Man is my single favorite movie of I all know. time. Yeah. So I'm with you. I don't I don't share the sort of weird, creepy, stalkerish love for him that you mm-hmm. do. Uh, but I, I do revere him in my favorite movie of all time. But you're right. He, I mean, he... He is generational. He's mm-hmm. played a lot of great roles. Right. I mean, I, I heard a rumor that there might be another Young Guns. So, I don't know. Maybe he'll come back as Billy the Kid. Old I have no guns. idea. Right. Old Guns. <laughs> 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 it's just like Emilio Estevez and Lou Diamond Phillips. Exactly. Just like, what's he been up to? Um, but exactly. anyway, like, I kept it. I was very calm. I barely remember it because I think I had an out-of-body experience. But I had this calmness wash over me when the conversation started that I thought, I think this is the feeling people describe right before they die. No, no, Where I'll, it's I'll, like, oh, if I just feel warm. At the risk yeah. of mansplaining, I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. It's because you're a fucking professional. Okay, I worked well, with you that. for a long time. You're not new to this. You are not only experienced at it, but you're super good at it. And so, even though you're experiencing a few jitters early on, it's like any great professional when this, those first few words come out, or those first few movements happen, or whatever the case may be, whatever one's chosen craft might be. And then suddenly, it's what you do. It's mm-hmm. who you are. So I'm not surprised at all that a calm came over you and that you fucking killed it because that's what Jill Riley does. But there are times where I'm not professional. When? Well, you know, the PR people are like, you need to wrap up. Okay, after this, you need to wrap up. <laughs> and I just keep going through the yep. stop sign. Well, I'm, didn't like, say, I'm not done yet, yeah. right? I didn't say you weren't belligerent. Right. I just said you're really good at what you do. And that doesn't at, mean you're perfect. At the very end, I held up the photo that we took together outside of NPR. I said, listen, Emilio, this is not the first time we've met. And I held up the photo. I said, you were at NPR about 10 years ago on the news channel talking about a movie. He made a movie called The Way with his dad, Hmm. like indie movie, small movie. And in fact, I never even saw it. (laughs) But um, I knew he was in the building. I got tipped off by Steve Nelson, uh-huh. our friend Steve Nelson. Yep. Got oh, yeah. tipped off. Steve. He's like, calm down, but Emilio's in the building. He had called me up in my office and like, or <laughs> my cube or wherever I was at the time. So anyway, I, I did my homework. I did a little research, found out where, what time the car was coming, what door he was going to come out of. We snapped a picture together. You know, it did was a little research. Quick. Oh, no, you you hunted him. I cornered a producer. You hunted him like Corey. I did. I was, I mean, it was pretty unprofessional. You're probably not supposed to do that kind of thing. Well, but I, I mean, again, it wasn't like you hurt him or abducted him. No. But you did make sure that he did not escape the building right. without having a picture taken yeah. with you. I told him the movie Men at Work is funny. And that was like all I could get out. And... <laughs> 
he touched, <laughs> he touched my back. I've seen he this picture that she's back. talking about. Yeah. He has a mustache and looks like a middle-aged dork. And Jill looks like she's been shot with a tranquilizer dart <laughs> that's filled with ephedrine. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like, and he's got a little thumbs he up a thing. Thumbs the up. thumbs it was up pretty picture, dorky. just like a but, partial. But I mean, full circle. It was and a did pretty small Clinton, little thumb. Bill it was. Yeah. He did like a. He did like a little. Mm, mm-hmm. and he's like uh, kind of doing good. a half smile. So, did he appreciate seeing the picture? Yes, it made him laugh. Good. He said, "I remember that." He's like, "I remember coming to NPR because we did this whole bus tour around the country for it." And he's like, "Like I said, I love Minnesota, and I can't wait to come back." And he and then he said, "I hope that this is all over soon." So that I can come into the studio sometime when I'm back in the Twin Cities. He said my name twice during the interview. Wow. And then here's how I end this interview because I'm such a professional. I said goodbye and I blew him a kiss. Wow. Mm. Nice. You have problems. And he's lucky. He's lucky that it was over Zoom because he's like, oh, shit, I'd have gotten kissed Seriously. again. Again. Seriously. Again. Seriously. Jill Riley, I we have to wrap we it up. I think we might be dating. <laughs> okay. I, right you know, I, I don't know. Let's say the super like the early level. stages. Yeah. There were sparks. Were there? For sure. On my end. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he felt any of them. But there was something. There was something there, I think. I think. <laughs> I miss your face, Jill Riley. Mm-hmm. And it's good to talk to you. We got to wrap it up. Okay. All right. You'll come back and do it again sometime? We've gone far too long we without have. hearing music. Uh, well, we have, actually. I know. Jill, shut it. <laughs> You think you know me so well. You think we'll you got me dialed in. March. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. We need to have you on sooner. I love having you on. Yeah, I'll come back. We'll see. If you we'll want. See how it goes. We'll bring it up in the next staff meeting, Sean. You guys have meetings? Every three days. Oh, God. Okay. God, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I can barely keep it together. <laughs> Honest to God. I got, out of, I got out of radio, so I don't have to do staff meetings anymore. Yeah. Um, we're going to go. But, Sean, thank you very much. Thanks to thank our sponsors. You. Jill Riley, what does the spring look like for you? Are people going to come back to work? Are they? Are you still just going to do the distancing thing for the mm, time being? Do you I have any idea? it's going to be like this for a while. Maybe a couple people trickling in later in summer, hopefully after Labor Day. I mean, that's another thing, too. Like, the state fair might be happening. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm, doubtful. It's like, I'm not going. But isn't that just, it's weird. Like, yes. it's hard to think. I think it's because we've been stuck in this mode so long. It's hard for me now. I, I'm going to have a hard time adapting back. I thought I had a hard time adapting to this, mm-hmm. but adapting back is going to feel strange. Yeah, here we are. Well, yeah, no, It'll I, be like this for a while. <sighs> All right. Well, good luck with everything. Yeah. And we'll talk soon. You too. All Thanks, right, Jill. Well, thank you very much. We're going to end, as I mentioned, I've been listening to a lot of classic rock over the last week or so. I've decided that this spring is going to be the classic rock spring for me because Grandpa's old and he's given up and he's just fallen into his record collection, which happens to have a few gems in it. The song we're going to hear was the only so-called hit that this band out of Detroit, Michigan ever had, although they did go on to do the theme song to Megaforce, which was a really terrible Oh, sloppy, awful, cheesy, sort of Mad Max, futuristic motorcycles and car fighting ripoff called Megaforce. But this was their first hit. And by hit, I mean it hit number 52 on the Billboard Hot 100. So (laughs) hit is strong, but I absolutely freaking love this song. And I played it just the other day at home. We're going to take off and leave you with the music of 707. That's the name of the band out of Detroit, Michigan. I could be good for you on The Brian Oak Show. Thanks for listening.